If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Three, two, one. You know what I feel like doing? What? I feel like kicking back, relaxing, and getting comfy. Welcome to the Get Comfy Podcast. I'm your host, Kalo, as always, here to give you the lowdown, and I'm joined by my co-host. It's the co-hostess with the mostest. It's your girl, Amanda. So before we get into today's topic, I'd like to say thank you to anybody and everybody who is liking and sharing this podcast with anybody and everybody you know. And Amanda, you know what I feel like doing? I grant you, I already asked you what, what I feel like doing. But you oh, know what I yeah. feel like doing? Ruining some people's childhoods. Oh, yeah. That's what I I'm about like, to do. I feel like That's ruining some people's childhoods, you know? That's I just, what I'm about to do. Well, Amanda, we'll ruin ours along with everyone else's. Yeah, we'll go down with the ship. But before we get into the topic, I'd like to say this is Amanda's idea. This was... This was Amanda's idea. This was not on Kalo's list of topics. And you know what she said to me between recordings? She was like, you know, I feel like ruining some people's days, you know? I mean, if you really think about it, it's kind of a continuation of our final Brady Bunch live. True. A little more in depth, a little more dark. True. I'm going through it. Please leave me alone. So we kind of we kind of surmounted that we're going to separate these conspiracy theories from your childhood into their respective networks. So like we'll do like Nickelodeon, we'll do Disney on separate podcasts. Today's oh, the yeah. Disney one. Today's the Disney one. And I want to start it off by like not doing it by a show, but doing it by a ride in Disney World. It's not just that. I would like to make a little disclaimer. This is purely for entertainment value. This is not to become cancel culture. I mean, I don't know if we're canceling these things. I don't think so, but what I found could become cancel culture. But this is a pure disclaimer and trigger warning that this is purposely for your entertainment only. Exactly. So I want to kick it off by um, saying that there is a ride in Disney, both parks, I assume all of them, called the Haunted Mansion. I didn't go on that one. The Haunted Mansion is a, I, one of my favorite rides there. Oh, it was at that time where I was terrified of thunder and lightning, and I saw that fake oh, yeah. lightning. I was like, no! That's a, Yeah, that's a recipe for disaster right there. But um, there's a part of the ride, it's like the first part, where like you you get introduced to your like narrator of the ride so to speak and he says the only way out of the manor or out of the mansion is to die that's the only way you're going to be you're going to be getting out of there it's a dark thing already for disney and 
needless to say, the start of that ride, like the queue or like the whatever they call it, um, there's like a little show beforehand and they literally show someone hanging from the ceiling. Someone like literally like hung themselves. People assume that's the narrator to the ride, blah, blah, blah. So, I you know, to do my Disney life and go on this ride. You do because it's something. It's like a cool ride. It's really fun once you kind of get rid of all the the death and hmm. all that stuff. <laughs> but um, just the death, nothing else. So they, the whole ride kind of is trying to find. There's 999 ghosts. You're trying to be the thousand ghost, like their their last their guest of honor, so to speak. And there's a part in this ride where you go through this, like, I guess it's an addict of old pictures and stuff. And there is the one, the lady, the bride, um, at the end of the hallway. And it's a really, like, creepy ghost lady, stereotypical ghost lady. But you'll go through, like, the pictures of her ex-marriages, and all of them were decapitated. And at at the part of this ride... You see her at the end and she's like projected onto like a mannequin. It's it's a cool effect, but like she appears and then like she's she like looks like this, like she's posing for uh, a picture with you, so to speak. And then an axe appears like a little like materializes like ghost axe. And the the whole like rumor to this ride is at this point when she has the axe, she's like tempting you. And then all of a sudden, like you're going like you you're in like a little buggy, so to speak. And the whole thing turns around and it tips backwards and it looks as if you're falling out of a window. So it's saying in this ride, you commit suicide on this ride. And then you end up in the graveyard and then you see all of the ghosts like the whole ride leading up to this. You haven't seen one ghost, but now you're in the graveyard and now it's like, oh, the ghosts come out to socialize. And now, like, you see all the ghosts and, like, the guy's talking to you and he's like, oh, we're so glad to see you, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, oh, so you committed suicide and now you're one of the ghosts and now you're there. And then at the end of the ride, he's like, oh, you know, take this ghost with you. Like, and it's a bunch of hitchhiking ghosts and, like, they come with, they follow you home, so to speak. So, yeah, you commit suicide in the Haunted Mansion. That's the end of the the TED Talk. <laughs> That was five minutes, or at least four. I have no words for that. Yeah, like it just goes off. What is up with you? Like that's that's dark. Yeah, and like, and it's it's probably like this like slow, calm, like peaceful ride, and then it's like, oh yeah, yeah. So like that whole scene, you lead up to it. It's like you go through the house, like you'll see doorknobs like knocking, but like you don't see a ghost. You go in, you see the lady. I don't know. Have you ever seen the Eddie Murphy movie? Oh, of course I have. So there's that um the ghost that's in like the little orb. That's like the epitome of the Halloween movies on Disney. So there's that ghost with the orb, like she's the fortune teller, so to speak. And she's like, oh, like if you something ring the bells and like you'll hear the bells. And like that's like it's all calm. But then at that point in the ride, I didn't notice it. Like, I never thought about it. But, like, you turn around, and then, like, the whole thing, like, you feel like you're falling back. Yo, it leaves. Like, like, those falling dreams you have? It's exactly that. Yo, shit is going to go down if I go on that ride. It might be like, oh, this is it, and then I'm going to be like, damn. Because, like, the thing tips back, and, like, 
you think it's done tipping. It's like whenever you lean back in a chair and like you think you're at the point where you're stopping, but then it goes back a little more. Yeah, it's it's something. Like in the dentist chair at full force? Honestly, yes. Honestly, that is how far back you go. It's something. But that that's a that's a theory. So now now that I've shooketh you, it's your turn. What, what, what are some theories you got? Okay. Um, well. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, apparently there's a few here. That there's a bunch from like the Rugrats and everything. I'm going to start with number one. I'm not sure where this came from. But it says Postman Pat has fathered all of the kids in town. I'm not so, sure if that's from The Simpsons, maybe? No, Postman Pat was like a separate show. He, I don't, honestly, I don't know where that show is. I've I never don't seen remember it. where it came from. But it says here that all the birds are definitely singing all right because Pat is quite the Lotharo, according to this theory. Turns out Pat is Pat Mustard of Greendale. And it first noted that all the kids in the village have a certain Pat quality about them. Could it be that Pat has been a serial shagger all these days? Or, but you realize he's the only redhead in Greendale. And I assume with all that, all the kids have redhead, red hair, or some type of red hair. And fans dug this even deeper in a revelation, realizing that the spinoff series Postman Pat Special Delivery Service conveniently cuts Jeff out of all the actions while leaving his son, Charlie, behind. Hmm. I'm not sure where Postman Pat is from, but I'm reading this off digitalspy.com. So it so like I know there's like this. It's not like an I guess it's an urban legend or something. It's like, oh, like you don't look like your mother or like you don't look like one of your respective parents. And it's like, oh, the milkman, blah, blah, blah. I was told I was adopted. <laughs> Rough. But um, it's like, oh, it's always assumption that like back in the day. The oh, the mailman's came. kid. Yeah. Stuff like that. It's like the milkman came and, you know, got a little But meanwhile, little this, literally, this, this, um, this theory is literally the postman. Yeah. Wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wait a minute, Mr. Postman. The- Remember that little that little thing? Yep. So, have you seen the movie Inspector Gadget? A long time ago. I think it's with Matthew Broderick, if I'm not mistaken. A long time ago. It was a very long time ago. Yeah, this is a, this is really dated. I don't know where he belongs, like on the Disney or Nickelodeon side. He seems I feel like Disney. A- it was always on the Disney Channel when it played. Yeah, so then I guess he's Disney. It's Disney fine. Disney Channel or Freeform. I don't know if Freeform is a part of Disney. Could be. Yeah, ABC, I think. I don't know. I don't know. They own everything nowadays. But um, there's a theory that Inspector Gadget was actually the second inspector to be kind of made with all the robot parts. What? And the first one went missing and became the villain in that movie, The Claw or Dr. Claw. Missing. Missing. Like, I guess something went bad and he became Dr. Claw. That'd be cool. That's like a cool little... I mean, that is a pretty cool thing, like once good, gone bad type thing. So, I don't know. 
so like he I guess he like went missing on a mission and it says right here upon returning from whatever disaster caused his bosses to give up on him and they made him KIA killed in action. He came back horribly disfigured and discovers his replacement is living his life with his dog and raising his niece living his best life and a whole other dude. So exactly. So that's not too far fetched. And I want to save like my grand theory for last because that was kind of. Not the JFK one, if you're, that's what you're thinking. That no. one's a whole other whole other thing out there. But do you have any other ones? So this is obviously the Nickelodeon surprise, and it's um, part because you're doing Disney, I'm doing Nick, is that Hey Arnold is actually all about Helga and her depressing life. Hmm. So you think it's obviously about Arnold, but a Redditor actually pondered whether it's secretly about Helga the angrily angry bully who always picked on Arnold by calling him football head, but was also secretly in love with him. Before you dismiss that a silly thought, remember that's actually Helga that shouts "Hey Arnold" repeatedly in the intro, and she's the only person that her own monologue in every episode, which I honestly don't remember. I don't either. That she had her own inner monologue or something, and it's. Saying that Helga's life is a pretty depressing one, hence the reason why she needs to bully one person she loves the most. Her father is neglectful. He refers to her simply as the girl. Her mother is an alcoholic, and her older sister, Olga, is adored. Mm. So she's like the shit on the stick child. And Helga's obsession with Arnold and how she manages to get through her horrid life through her love for him, explaining the show's title and the weird amount of screen time for Arnold despite being a secondary character. Hmm. Interesting. See, like, that makes you, like, warp your perception of these shows, like the Mandela effect. It's yeah, like, it does. It makes like you want to, like, the show. rewatch it and, like, really see if these theories are true. Very true. But, you know... I think it's time I ruin a beloved franchise. Grant you, I only think they only did one movie. They kind of did a second movie that was kind of dookie, but whatever. Um, I'm about to ruin Peter Pan for you. Damn. Yeah, it's 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 tough out here. I think I've heard this theory, but if you say it, I can confirm it. I got two. I got two, two. for the same two for the two for the price of one here. Two. So the first theory is that Peter Pan is an immortal teenager who abducts the children and kills them once they reach puberty. And Captain Hook is actually the leader of kids or now adults who escaped Peter Pan and they're trying to stop him but I was gonna from say, taking Peter, more. But Captain Hook's like an old ass man. But I'm saying like he, he was abducted by Peter Pan. He mm-hmm. went to Neverland, but then he managed to flee him before he killed him. Like he was a lost boy who like escaped Peter Pan before he killed him hmm. and like went off and grew up and is like his enemy is trying to stop him from taking in more kids. The effed up part is the second movie is where all the kids are grown up. Mm-hmm. Do you think they maybe escaped? They could have. They very well could have. So this is the one that really like screws up Peter. That Pan. one in here. There's a different one I heard and maybe the second one is it. This is probably it. So this is saying that Peter Pan is an angel Mm -hmm. and he takes kids by the hands and, you know, second star to the right, you go to Neverland, which is why 
the kids never really grow up because they're all dead. They're all in, you know, kid heaven or whatever they want to call it. Um, this, this also, this website, um, scarletwonderland.com goes more into it and in saying that this theory holds a, um, more validity to it because the brother of J.M. Barry, who is the author of Peter and Wendy, the Peter Pan story, um, died when he was only 13. And he was known to say in his head that his brother had gone to Neverland. So this is based off of, is that why Peter Pan might be portrayed as a 13-year-old boy? Potentially. Because he's maybe writing as like his brother and maybe this is his way. This is my own theory based off what I'm seeing. That maybe if his brother was 13, maybe in a way this is him through the movie, maybe reuniting with his brother. Yeah. And maybe all the stuff that they did as children is what all the children and Peter Pan are doing. I don't know. It is. It's just like that theory makes so much sense. Oh, it does. But, like, again, it's like, oh, you're reading in too much into it. It's just a kid's movie. Still. There's reasons behind kids' movies. Exactly. And, like, they all have to start from somewhere, no matter how dark or whatever. And it's like, if a movie like Tarzan can show somebody being hung, it's like, why not? It's not just that. Also, um, The Wizard of Oz. If you look in the background in Munchkinland, there's someone actually hanging. They actually killed themselves on set. That's right. I remember that. Don't forget Ugh. that. Yeah. Damn. That See, like, it's those things that always get swept under the rug, and you're just kind of like... Oh, yeah, and you just think it was actually a part of the movie. It's like it's just a little gumdrop hanging from the ceiling. No, that's not. That is a whole person. That's Billy that came in this morning. Oh, my gosh. That's really... See, like, that's what gets me. It's... Oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, Let's see. I want to see if there's anything worthwhile other than i think you hear the one about cars you hear the one about cars i didn't hear the one about cars but i got one about the smurfs okay this is where i gave the warning in the beginning the disclaimer because this theory says that smurfs are white supremacists wow That, that that really went for it the blue smurfists the theory goes that the lovable smurfs are actually racist nazi like faction due to their pointed white hats and the fact that their leader wears a pointed red hat, which is very similar to the KKK. Their villain, Gargamel, is a money-loving, big-nosed, dark-haired dude. Any deeply offensive stereotypes occurring to you? Whose cat is called Azrael, the name of the angel of death in Jewish tradition. Well, author Anton Bonet, um, Bueno, I'm probably botching all these names, so I do apologize in advance, points out that the first comic strip, The Black Smurfs, was immediately concerned with that you, what you might, might classify as a racial threat because in the album, the Smurfs are sick. And when they're sick, they don't turn purple or red or anything like that. They become black. And when they become black, they lose all trace of intelligence. Like I said, this is purposely for entertainment, not to become cancel culture. Yeah. I mean, so like the Smurfs came out a very long time ago. So like anything, anything like that doesn't seem too far fetched. Mm Mm-mm. 
it's just like, yeah, it looks like a children's cartoon, but boom, there, there's a little, there's a little more going on over here a than uh, more. than uh, we thought. But um, I got one for you, and it's involving cars. Like I said, it's a multiple part theory. Ka-chow. Yeah, you're about to get kachowed by this one. So there was World War Two in cars, because if you remember correctly, Sarge was a jeep from the World War II era. He was a Willys Wheeler, a Willys Jeep. So if that existed at that time, there had to have been a World War II, which in turn means car Hitler. Which right? is true, but don't forget, the main, the owner was a 1925 Ford mm. Model T. See? And then they, they also like dive into, which is like cross universe, like whatever. Um, the film Planes, which is like kind of like cars, there was a World War II flashback, which kind of means that Sarge must have been in there. Sarge must have, yeah, definitely been in there. Um, theory number two there is religion in the world of cars because in Cars 2, there was a Pope car. Yep. So there is that. And this is the one that like really. <laughs> They even have a diagram of everything. Oh so if you notice in the world of cars, there is no humans. Yep. There isn't. It's just you don't see them. And this is stating that the theory goes humans and cars bonded together. Like they became one. Literally. Which is why like you get the facial expressions, the this, the that. They're not like just normal cars. Now, have you watched South Park? Of course I do. So, do you remember there's this episode where they make this little contraption? It's like a cycle. It's like a giant wheel, and like you would get attached to it by putting your mouth on an object, and it, the thing goes up your butt. I don't remember that episode. Okay, so I'll paint the picture for As you. As I'm staring at this um, South Park poster in your room. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like right over there somewhere. Um, it's a giant cycle, like a giant wheel, and like the episode goes where it's like there's a little thing right here. And I'm making a gesture in the front of your mouth and you essentially put your mouth around it and then you put something up your butt and that's how you control the car too. (gasps) Yep. I remember that. So Mm -hmm. allow me. I'm picking up my phone right here because we're on FaceTime. That is the diagram it's showing. There's a human in there attached through his butt and then there's a little thing coming out here with his mouth. Yep. And basically it's saying that humans merged with with their cars. So so who needs an engine where you can control it yourself? Exactly. So that is something. But I, I mainly wanted to talk about the car World War Two and car Hitler because it has to be a thing. If it has to be. If Sarge is there. Yeah, it just confirms it. But um, do you have any more in closing? Or I are do you... have one in closing and then we can pick up in a part two. This might be a multiple parter. True. But I remember telling you about this, and you might remember too, that the Rugrats all take place in Angelica's head. It's always like the bully girl. With it's Nickelodeon always shows. the bully girl. And that they're saying is that, here's what happened, is that it's a result of Angelica's imagination. It doesn't sound all that dark at first until you delve into the reasoning behind why the characters are the way they are. Apparently, Chucky died with his mother. Tommy was a stillborn, which is why Chucky's father is a nervous wreck and Tommy's father is always making toys for the son that he never had a chance to have or live. Oh, and the DeVilles, the twins, 
had an abortion. Wow. But Angelica didn't know whether it would have been a boy or a girl, so she created the twins, Phil and Lil. Oh, jeez. Dark, right? But apparently it gets worse. The theory also includes a spinoff all grown up because it states that Angelica was a bipolar schizophrenic who got addicted to drugs as a teenager, leading to her recreating her childhood in an imaginary world because of a time lapse where her creations were older. Oh, and she died of an overdose at 13 at the end of All Grown Up. That took took a turn for Rugrats. You just... You you never know, know, man. You just... You hate to see it, you know? It just... Damn. Mm -hmm. That, That one's dark. Just for the fact that, like... You know, we always say, like, these conspiracy theories and stuff like that. But, like, in these senses, it could be us taking it too far or us making perfect sense. Why do you think the mother-daughter, the mother-son dance in Rugrats? Chucky's like, hmm. He never had a mom. Mm Mm-hmm. And they never mentioned his mom, I don't think. No. Or unless... I think they did once, and it was that episode. Yeah. Ah. That scene in the movie where he sees, like, the person in the clouds, her mom. I guess it's the mom that in the hit. clouds. Yeah. It made you cry. And you were young. So, like, they're making kids cry out here. But um, speaking of making you cry, we got to wrap it up here on the Get Comfy Podcast. Because that about does it here for the Get Comfy Podcast. And I hope you guys enjoyed. This show goes live every Sunday morning. We get the Get Comfy Lowdown every Wednesday morning and of course we got the Get Comfy Game Break every Friday morning 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on all major listening platforms but you know what we'll see you guys next time thank you for listening to Believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube